The MX Vice Show. Episode 107 of the MX Vice Show podcast. We are just days away from the MXGP finale. Finale? Finale. It's been a crazy year, a weird year, and most importantly, we actually have a championship fight worth talking about. MXGP wasn't worth talking about since round four or so, but MX2 is coming down to the wire. One point between Yago Gertz, or two points, sorry, between Yago Gertz and Tom Vial. I had promotocross on my brain with the one-point thing because that is also happening this weekend. So you could say this is maybe the best weekend for to be a motocross fan in history. It's rare that we get one good title fight, let alone two good title fights on different sides of the Atlantic Ocean. So lots to talk about, and we'll get into all of that on episode 107 of the MX Vice Show podcast. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition for their support of the MX Vice Show. Coming up, we of course have Liat Ask Vice Anything, the Planet Moto Bombshell of the Week, and making its return. And I've decided for the final time, is Armour You Smarter Than a Birth? It's being retired after this day. So we'll soak it up, we'll enjoy it, and we'll make the most of it. Um, I'm Lewis Phillips, your host, of course. And before we get into the show, I would just like to remind you that part one of the MX Vice show is brought to you by Fly Racing, who redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes, as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. And it continues to evolve and will continue to evolve as fly racing continue to try and push the boundaries of what's available in motocross and not only make you safer, but look better as well and be more comfortable. It's a triangle of things. It's a trifecta of greatness with a Formula helmet. At Fly Racing USA on social media and flyracing.com to see their 2023 line of gear that dropped in the middle of August. So that's exciting as well. Plenty going on at Fly Racing. And yeah, check it all out. They support the podcast, so why not? Why not? I'm Lewis Phillips, your host, as I mentioned. And with me, as per usual, is James Burfield. Good morning, Lewis. Morning, afternoon. I think it is still morning. Yeah, good to be here. Um, I have just got back from a very, very busy and crazy uh, Fox Hills VMXDN. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, a lot of people who'd have been listening to this uh, podcast show now will also probably be a little bit in bewilderment at where all those people have been hiding in British motocross. But as they say, 
you build it and they will come and uh fair play to uh, dave king and dot the weekend they absolutely smashed it um i think it's something that you would have enjoyed lewis no i was gonna go but obviously i'm um i've been to many races this year and it's been a full-on schedule so you gotta make the most of weekends off um i was i was planning on going or thinking about going it was on my radar but i disagree with something you said or no i don't disagree i just don't understand and I'm confused. And this was the first thing I wanted to get into on the podcast. Ooh, okay. Because I knew you wouldn't be able to stop yourself from mentioning that you went out on the weekend. Um, build it and they will come. Well, what was actually built apart from a race that had Ryan Villapoto, Mike Brown, Zach Osborne on old bikes? Because really, like, I, I don't like, and this is in no way any disrespect to the Vietmex DN, but. I don't understand why I don't understand what the key difference is for someone turning up at that event versus a British Championship and MXGP, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, this is the weird thing, and this is I, I kind of spoke to a lot of people uh, on Sunday, and I've been thinking about it ever since because um, when you think about promotion of the event and talking about it, I mean it's 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 been quite I would say kind of like low key, like we, those in the know kind of know it, know it was on, but it was really well talked about within the communities. I mean, people were looking forward to it. I think, I think the nineties really um, stood out for a lot of people, and um, you know, the nineties bikes that you know the, two, the early two thousand bikes before the four strokes hit. I think a lot of people who are probably not riding anymore um, were interested to go back in and see it. I think. For me, a lot of people enjoyed seeing the old bikes. I think it, it was more about the experience of, the, of looking at those old bikes, the old kit. Um, will it work if it was an eight-round series? No. No, exactly. It but wouldn't. this proves my point. This proves my point. You say, build it and they will come. Well, this is just a very specific one thing. And this is in no way, because I guess what where I'm coming from this is part A, 50% you saying build it and they will come. And B, 50%, I got sent a clip from the beer tent on Saturday night. And I think it was, um, I think it was Rob Andrews who took the microphone and said something along the lines of, oh, a message to Giuseppe Luongo. This is what motocross should be. But it's like, but I was, and I watched that and I was like, but I don't understand what you're getting at because what you want MXGP to be run on nineties bikes because <laughs> because it was yeah. still a motocross race. There was yeah. still the same gate, the same, the track was terrible. If that was a GP, everyone would complain because the track e- isn't fit for current motocross. No. Um, I, I think the nineties VMXDN era kind of just slipped through there acceptably. Yeah. Um, I- I, I don't so I don't understand. I don't okay, it was a great event. It's a great concept. Having Villapoto, Mike Brown, Zach Osborne there is amazing. If Tommy had raced, that would have been that would have been amazing. Seeing Mel Pocock again, amazing. Seeing Mel Pocock on a Honda was good, like a bit of um nostalgia, because obviously he came through on Hondas, and I probably associate him with Honda more than anything else because of that. So there's a lot of that to it, and I understand that. But I don't necessarily think that there's anything you can take from that and apply it to either the British Championship, VMXGP, whatever you want to use that really applies. Because it's like it's like going, I don't know what it's like going. I don't I don't know, but I just don't think like there's a lot of people that think like, oh well, if if 
if the British Championship or MXGP or whoever else would just follow this formula, look how many people would turn up. And it's like, well, no, it, they wouldn't, would they? Because it's, no, it, it, Lewis, it's not. Lewis, you're right. Um, I appreciate Thank the rant. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate the rant, but you're, you're trying to compare apples and oranges. They're two different products. No, um, I'm not. I'm not. No, Other no, sorry, people are. Sorry, sorry, you're not. You're right. Other people are. You cannot compare that event to a GP or a British Championship. It's completely different. That like that weekend was a celebration of everything that we all loved back in the nineties and early two thousands. That's what it is—a celebration of the good times that you know, because it brings back memories to people. Um, that's the thing. The, the British Championship at the moment is a completely different product. The GPs at the moment are a completely different product. This event as a one-off and, you know, with Farley and, 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 and you know, like they do, uh, you know, obviously the, the vets, uh, Glen Helen, all amazing one-off events that are absolutely fantastic, which people look forward to. Um, the Motocross yeah. of Nations. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. You, you can, how can you, like, that's like saying, well, okay, let's have um, 20 rounds of the MX, Motocross of Nations. You know, so people, the issue we have, people, people would switch off after the second. The issue, the issue that we have as a sport in Europe, is making people maintain interest across a series. Exactly, and that is the biggest issue. And and I don't, yeah, any European series, that's the problem. And um, I, I think you, that's why you cannot compare because this is a one event. One weekend, people have been probably saving up or putting their money aside and looking forward to it. Um, you know, it, yeah, I, I like Rob Andrews. Um, real good guy, but yeah, you cannot compare VMXDN to uh, a GP. Is that, is, that, is that the name? Is that a name? That's a person? Yeah. Oh, possibly, yeah. Rob Andrews, um, I, I, I was a big fan when I was younger. He was a, a factory Kawasaki rider. He gave me a shirt when I was little. Okay, that's nice. Um, yeah, no, that's because uh, obviously an amazing event, an amazing concept. Seeing Villapoto again, amazing. Seeing Mike Brown again, amazing. Um, and funny, actually, seeing uh, Mike Brown and Tommy talking on Tommy's vlog because everyone, I feel like everyone forgets that Mike Brown and Tommy actually battled to the death for an MX2 British title, which no one would think because it's a very strange crossover of <laughs> generations and everything. <laughs> Um, but I think it, I think that came down to one point as well. It was either one point after the last round or one point going into the last round. Um, 2007, I think it would have been. Because Tommy, famously, Tommy actually got screwed out of a lot of British championships at the beginning of his career by the smallest margins possible. Um, 2006, 2007, I'm pretty sure he lost both of those titles by a point, two points, like the most stupid little gap ever. Um, but yeah, just funny. But no, yeah. this is what, so event's good. Um, concept's good. Obviously, it was a success. Amazing. Good for British motocross. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. But in a way, I think it hurts everything else even more because now everyone's on Facebook going, ah, well, this is what British, <laughs> this is what the British Championship is missing. And it's like, you can't announce. No, so this is just no, fueling no. the fire even more for the doubters, the negative people to kind of continue with the direction they're going so it's like i don't like i feel like it if anything we're now going further away from what we all want which is to have a successful motocross network in europe do you know the, the one thing my takeaway like when i say build it and they will come it's because build it build an event like that and people will come um build a british motocross championship 
is down to so many variables. Look at what you're working with on a British championship at the moment compared to the personalities and the reputations of what you're working with at the VMXDN. And, and, and ah. I, th- I, I spoke to, uh, it was a bit of a, a, a bit of a wake up, not wake up. It was a bit of a, ah, I remember because what you've got, like, whether you like it or not, um, You've got riders like Mel Pocock, Brad Anderson, Elliot Banks-Brown, um, you know, the, from a British point of view, and so on. There's so many British riders who are either riding still, uh, like Nev Bradshaw, still riding, riding still, or have been there or thereabouts in the last few years in, in the British Championship, but now have kind of not been racing in the British Championship. If you look at the British Championship and you look at the personalities that are now missing, from the last 10 years. And it's going to be even worse when somebody uh, like no, Tommy no. retires. But but when Brian McKenzie, um, Nev Bradshaw were racing in the British Championship, no one cared then. There was no one turning up to see Nev Bradshaw. So it's almost like uh, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Absolutely. Uh, no, I, I, I and also, agree. I would almost argue that Tommy has gone through that cycle even while being a professional rider, because Tommy was everyone's hero in uh, until 2015, say, because um, he was a potential world champion, should have been world champion, uh, many-time GP winner, many, many-time podium finisher, blah, blah, blah. Went and to then, America, you know. Yeah, did for all, all cool stuff. Yeah. So then, But then the hate started, and everyone decided to hate on him for reasons that were dumb and stupid, and everyone just had their eyes closed. And now that he's winning British championships, something he didn't do earlier in his career, blah, blah, blah. It's I feel blog, like everyone is... Tommy's, Tommy's funny. It, no, you're missing, you're, you just cut off my whole point until I got to my climax. I feel like the whole... <laughs> that happens um, to me a lot. Uh, I feel like the whole, you don't know what you've got until it's gone, is what people is what people went through with Tommy while they were giving him hate. And now they're like, you know what? Ah, Tommy's all right. Yeah, well, maybe... Why, did, why were we all giving Tommy hate again? No, oh, I can't remember. Like... I just, so, but I don't know how you make people appreciate the current moment more, or like, like, because really, realistically, when Tommy was, um, when Tommy was uh, winning GPs, battling for world championships, blah blah blah, that was like a massive moment for British motocross, and I feel like maybe everyone should have savored that even more than they did. But like, and now, obviously, everyone wishes they could because we don't have someone in that position. Yeah. Um, this- this is a, this is a, um, you know, we, we talk about many, many, so this is not a British podcast show, but you know, that, that, no, but this also applies to the whole it Europe. Does. And, and the reason why I say that is because if you remember when, um, Tommy was on, um, boss and, and there was a couple of years there and the hate he got from, um, being picked for the motocross of nations at that point, like the fact that Tommy was a GP rider and was getting hated on, um, you know, back then you know, being in the nation's team. Now he's a British championship rider, not at GPs. And I've not seen one negative comment. Yeah, because it's all like, I don't know. I don't understand. I I don't know. And it's not just one or two people. It's like an entire culture thing. And honestly, it's probably going to take like 20 years for it to, for the tide to change because the culture is like broken. Um, But that, that, because like perfect example. So Tommy is right. I don't know how this has become a Tommy thing, but Tommy is riding ridiculously well at the moment ridiculously well um and people who go to the british championship tell me tommy's riding better than he did in his last three or four years in gps if tommy went if tommy then now announced that he was doing gps next year i don't know if all the reaction would be positive which is mental 
No, I don't think it would. I, I, I think you're right. I think people would just be like, oh, God, Jesus. Da, 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 da. But, do you know, we when I started MX Vice, um, back in 2011, literally people looked at me with an iPad. First they said, what's that? It's an iPad. Um, you can you can take it around. It's like a home computer. You can take it around. Yeah, brilliant. Like, we all know what I, yeah, brilliant. We don't need that much detail. Yeah, but Lewis, in 2011, people didn't. Okay, no, so but... in two, 2011, people didn't know what an iPad was, and they looked at me like I'm some sort of village idiot. Okay, um, I, you know, st- standing in in Hawkstone in, in the pit area and putting up live tweets in 2011, people were like, "What are you doing that for?" TMX is out on Friday. Why do people need to know that? But that's what you're dealing with. And if you think about all the generational changes we've gone through, like no one was interested in MX Vice in 2011. We had to wait for these next generation of kids to understand digital to get on it. And yeah, that's, that's, what not the, that's not the point, though, because what we're... No, the point is, is that we're going through a generational change. The, the thing is, is everybody's constantly looking back at the 80s and 90s, looking about how great it was. The world was a way different place. The the GPs and the British Championship at the moment, given what they've come through, COVID, all the rest of it, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Brexit, we're going through a freaking economic, you know, shutdown at the moment. Um, they're still going. It's a, it's a different, different generation. It's a different product. But the problem is, is we went through a very bright time in our lives in the 80s and 90s. Life was good. You know, I it, didn't. Was, it was good. No, because you went around. But um but this is what I'm saying. Things have changed, but people haven't. And that's the difference. We've seen it with MX Vice. Those people in 2011, um, who were the early adopters, are now with us. But not only are they with us, their dads are with us, their uncles are with us, their sons are with us. Do you know what I mean? It, but back then, the generation we were trying to hit just didn't understand us. And, and I think that's relative to what we see now with GPs in, in, in British championships. No, because I don't think it. I don't think this is. A, I think this is widespread. If you look at people my age, I think there was more people my age interested in Fox Hill than there was um, Natalie, and but there was why? more people talking about the. So it's not a generational thing. I think, but but I can tell you why. Because that's how they're influenced. Because if everybody's telling you this is great and this is cool and the bikes were great and da 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 da, if you're constantly being told that, you know what are you going to think? And I I do and like. Um, because obviously the vets thing was moved forward a little bit in years. Um, so it's more recent, like to 2022 versus how they started. Um, and like seeing Tommy's bike, a Carmichael replica of his Honda, like that, that got me all for excited because now that's hitting on my, um, nostalgia. Whereas before that, I don't, doesn't really hit like, like impact me because obviously I wasn't around. Um, but yeah, okay, I just don't, let, I just don't know why. I just don't know how we can't. I just don't know how to transfer this to everything else. Right, Lewis, put it like this: twenty years time, okay, we've got the VMXDN at Lommel, okay, twenty years time, and Jeffrey Hurlins is going to ride a two thousand and twenty-one, the greatest MXGP championship ever. Right, he's going to ride that bike for the first time in in twenty years. How exciting is everybody going to be? They're going to piss their pants, sell their kids to get there and watch that. Yeah, but so this goes moment, back to what I said. But at the moment, they don't appreciate. No one appreciates we've just come off the best MXGP World Championship year that I can ever remember in my lifetime. I just don't know why, everyone, don't know why everything... I just don't know why we can't all just love motocross. I don't know either, Lewis, and, and I don't know what the answer is. But what I can, what I can tell you is, is I never... I, it took me an hour... To, to go from uh, the car park 
to literally the first corner of Fox Hills. Because yeah, but that's, that's just because you've got little legs. That's how many people stopped me and wanted to talk. Because people were excited. Everyone was there. You know, it's, it's just crazy. I, 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 the only, but the thing is, again, you cannot compare it. You cannot compare that to a GP or, or to a British championship. Completely different products. I, um, but on the point about, um, I don't like, uh, maintaining interest across a series. Um, I thought of this at a weekend, the British championship is in the dumps, down in the dumps, very sad, down in the dumps. Um, no better time to just shake it up, do a chase format, be the first people. It's been long talked about doing a chase format in one or another series in motocross. British championship should be the first ones to do it, shake it up, put more emphasis on the last couple of rounds, be the leaders for the first time. Why not? What has it got to lose? And then maybe you get this impact of the last three rounds because, because of the chase format. I don't know. Okay. So, so talk, so, so basically you're referring to what NASCAR do. Yeah. Yes. Big NASCAR fan. <laughs> I gotta be honest, right? Um, I can't believe you've come up with this yourself. Where have you heard this from? Because you've never watched NASCAR in your life. Oh, that's why I say it's been long rumored and talked about, about motocross or supercross or something or another doing a chase format. Like the chase format has been long, has like come out of NASCAR and spread infectiously into conversations in other sports. Okay, so you, you think that now is a good time for somebody to just rip up? Yeah, don't, no, 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 not somebody. Don't do it to Supercross because Supercross is amazing. Don't do it to MXGP because MXGP is amazing. Don't do it to Pro Motocross because Pro Motocross is amazing. The British Championship is down in the dumps. So what has it got to lose? Yeah. Like, what has it got to lose? Nothing. No, it's not. It's got, it's got nothing to lose. I mean, I, 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 I hear rumors that in 2024 that there is possibly the two leading championships in the UK coming together to do a 14-rank series. I think it could happen next year. It can't, because what's going to happen is everybody has their budget set now. They can't just... You know, it just can't change from um, uh, 8 to 14 races, just like that. Um. Anyway, uh, too much Too much British talk. Ugh, too much British talk. Away. Um, but switching this... Uh, this is a whole arc, conversation arc... Switching this, so um, people don't appreciate what they've got at the moment. They want something different, i.e. the Vets MXDN. On the other end of the scale, does this mean that these same people are going to embrace World Supercross? No. Well, then there's your answer. It's not <laughs> a, it's not an anti-establishment thing. It is literally just a, it was better back then and it's never going to be the same again. I say no. But there will be thirty thousand people turning up to Cardiff. But will they follow the whole series? Well, it's only I don't, three I don't think series. So. No, but I don't. I don't think so. Do you know what I mean? But that's that's where we are. People will go to Cardiff because of Tomac and Roxon. I don't. I people seem to think that Cardiff's going to sell a lot of tickets, and I can't see it. I look at that initial post that you put online. Yeah. It I can't see it. Whenever we use that as a measurement tool with anything that we're working on and everything yeah. else, that tells us a lot. Things have changed a lot since then though. We're now we're now being we're now announcing like Thomas Remet. Like it's like that. Yeah. It, the World Supercross was flying high at that point. It's it's like the plane reached cruising altitude and now all of the sensors have failed. It's plummeting. 
Okay. Um, um, I could see. I think it will be a respectable crowd. Uh, well, thirty thousand isn't that much, I guess, because it. Um, I think the stadium seats like seventy thousand, seventy-five thousand. Yeah, so, so I guess that's only a half. Full stadium. There's thirty. I don't think it'll be half full. I think it'll be a quarter full. Uh, I think they'll do more. Wait, they'll do way more than um, twenty thousand. Fifteen to twenty. Hard to say though, isn't it? Because obviously, the uh, you never really know with a crowd because there's X amount of industry people, X amount of sponsors, X amount of family of riders, X am- like, um, and even you could apply that to the vets thing at the weekend. Like, there were so many different classes and different riders. If each of those riders brought four people with them as family and stuff, then that does make a healthy crowd. Yeah, again, um, not- I, I, I would just say that with um, the big pool is going to be the fact that you get to watch Tomac in Rocks and outside the states, and, and that's you similar. Know- to at a weekend for Big Paul was watching Villapoto and Brown and Osborne. Exactly. You know, at the end of the day, we've been spoiled, you know, over the years because we've managed to go out to America, you know, for, for Mercross Nations or whatever. We've been spoiled. So a few of us there have been spoiled, but not everybody has had the chance to see Villapoto on a, on a Mercross bike. Uh, no, true. I... Uh, did I much? I don't did think I did see, much. Did you see Villapoto um, on... Yeah, well, see the GPs. I, I saw two of his GPs. No, never the uh, the Donington and Matterley Nations. Yeah, okay, there we go. That uh, and then 2007 Anaheim one Supercross. So I saw Villapoto race five times, two yeah. nations, two GPs, and one Supercross. Okay, there we go. So I think there's a lot of people out there. Again, you know, Tomac's coming to the end part of his career. Um, how many times? Have, is, is, how many people have seen Tomac in this country? You know, um, without you know, going outside this country to go and see Tomax never happened. You know, this is a bit. This is big. It's big. All the kids are going to want to see it, and all the kids are going to take their dad because they can't go on their own. So you got you got mum, dad, and you've got a uh, kid and maybe brother. So you got you got four people who are going to want to go from every family to to watch um, Ellie Tomac and Ken Rock. Ellie Ellie Tomac. Eli Tomac. Sorry, yeah. Um, do you see what I mean? Though it's like it, this is a big, it's a big thing. You're going to sell tickets, uh, fifteen to twenty thousand. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I would make a bet with you, but it's going to be impossible because it's likely that the number will be inflated, and unless we do a head count ourselves, <laughs> it'll never be. Yeah, I, I, I would say if they, if they get twenty five to thirty thousand, it'll be a, a successful. You know, that'd be, it'd be good. It'd be good. Okay. Um... Do you want to play armor? Are you smarter with a burr than a burr? Jesus Christ! It's like you've woke up and ripped up the goddamn your. Well, no, this is what life. this is what is good. This is why I like the shows when there wasn't a race at the weekend because just a bit more chill, isn't it? There's not as much to there's not as much to get through and not as much like stuff that, to jam in. So you just kind of wow. be a bit looser. It's like, it's like a Lewis at home and then a Lewis, it's like a work Lewis and uh, and there's just a normal home Lewis. That's what I'm getting right here. I feel like I've got home, Lewis. You haven't you know, got any just Lewis. just flying by the seat of your pants at home. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. Welcome to Armour You Smarter Than a Birth. Armour is an action and adventure lifestyle driven brand founded by action sports industry veterans. Armour recognized a void in the marketplace and created a complete lineup of neutral, nu- nutritional supplements formulated especially to help athletes and enthusiasts of all levels raise or reach even their maximum potential. I really screwed up that thing. Yeah, I, the... I think, you know, you really gave that some, some good, good value there. 
um, really uh, leave nothing on the table. Choose armor. For those who aren't familiar, because I guess we haven't done this in over a year or something, or loosely done it anyway. Um, James knows nothing. He probably he just called Tomac Ellie uh, Tomac. So yeah. um, that really sums it all up. Um, so we're going to test his knowledge of motocross for that reason. Um, the way this game works is there are five questions. The first four questions are worth one point each. The fifth question is worth two points as it is a longer form question. If he gets four points out of six, he passes. So roughly half. But we'll see how he gets on. Feel free uh, to play, play along at home. Just to give people who have not listened to this uh, game, just to give people an idea of the expectations on um, me actually winning this game, I think has happened twice. Yes, and um, as I mentioned, this game is being retired after today. Very sad. Um, not really. No, it is. It's been retired um, because I feel like even I've used these questions before. Like, because I was we we did go through a stage of doing it like every week for like a year. So uh, it's it's played out at this point. But I felt like it needed a send off. So this is its send off. Yeah. Very sad. Question one might yes. be sadder depending on how you get on. Question okay. one. There was a Yamaha sweep when we first raced in, raced in Turkey, that being 2009. Who won the MX1 and MX2 classes? There was a Yamaha sweep when we first raced in Turkey in 2009. Who won the MX1 and MX2 classes? Piss. Um, hmm. uh, I'm going to go... I need, Car I need an answer. Caroli in MXGP. And uh, what, is, what, what year is this? 2009? 2009. Hmm. I'm going to need an answer. Oh, you always rush me. It's been like five minutes since I asked the question. So, um, Philip Hartz? No. Philip Hartz never rode a Yamaha in MX2. Well, it was a guess anyway. Um, Antonio Caroli and Zach Osborne. Zach Osborne's one and only GP. I was going to say that. Oh no. Speak oh, question two. Question two. Speaking of 2009, David Willeman ended his. Olympics in Yamaha. Yes, obviously. It's the only team he rode for in GPs. So oh, you don't, like, don't try and flex your. So angry of myself. Question two. So angry. Okay. Oh no. Question two. Speaking of 2009, David Willeman ended his, ended his career that year. What team was he riding for? Hmm. Well, he was on Yamaha for a while, but I think he ended up on Honda. Just so wrong in so many ways. <laughs> uh, Kawasaki? Bud Racing Kawasaki. Oh! I wasn't asking for... I didn't ask for a manufacturer. I asked for a team. Oh. Well, I, I, said asked for, I said Kawasaki. That was my and that second was in, answer. So that, that, well, that wouldn't have been a point. point. No. That would have been... Uh, but no. Um... Yes, Bud Racing Kawasaki, he did a year in GPs, and before that, he rode for um, uh, Makita Suzuki in 2008. So, yes, just way off. Damn um, it. Question three. Yeah. Who this is why I hate this game. was Belgium's last world champion in either MX1 or MX2? Steve Rummel. Yes. Woohoo! Surprising that. Um, Come on! Question four. One of these is the name of a team competing in World Supercross. <laughs> Which one is it? A, oh, God. You, have to, you need to listen. 
Three okay. three options. Okay. A. BSM Duffy Yamaha. B. GSM Daffy Yamaha. Or C. SSM Daisy Yamaha. Fuck's sake. That's A. BSM Duffy Yamaha. B. GSM Daffy Yamaha. Or C. SSM Daisy Yamaha. That's a good question. I like that is a, That's a good question because A, I haven't got a fucking clue. And, and it's quite like funny. It is quite funny. And I've got to be honest. It's that's not... the type of question that would make me continue this game, but I can't do those all the time. No, but it's that's the kind of thing where you start to think about maybe I should change my team name because it's obviously not gonna like, you know, you know, people aren't gonna remember this. Anyway, A, BSM Duffy Yamaha, B, GSM Daffy Yamaha, or C, SSM Daisy Yamaha. I'm going with Duffy. That's wrong. Is it Daisy? It, no, no, it was Daffy. <laughs> well, good luck to those guys. Who have they got on the team? Uh, Carlson Brown, Thomas Remet. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you go. Carlson um, Brown. Are you Thomas smarter Remet. than Phillips? No, I mean, it's not. I yeah, mean, you, Carson... have to, you have to look that up as well, don't you? Because you don't actually know. No, no, I know. So, oh, Anthony Bordon and Maxime Desprey. Um, right. I remembered Carson Brown because Carson Brown is a good signing for that series. The rest of them escaped my mind because it doesn't really add to the value of World Supercross. No, anyway. I like the uh, Carson Brown signing. That's good. Four questions, four incorrect answers. So it's impossible for you to win. Hey, um, I, got one, I got one question right. Oh, yeah, you got to... Uh, uh, either way, it's impossible for you to win. Sorry. But still, let's not, let's not try and... Okay. Like, Question get away from five. The I got one right. Question five. You've got thirty seconds to come up with your answer for this, so don't work it out out loud. Just bide your time. Yeah, but you know I have to. Well, no, you're not allowed. Name six of the riders who will be racing at in Cardiff in October. You have thirty seconds to work this out. Thirty seconds. Six of the riders. I got a pen. Six of the riders who will be racing in Cardiff on October the 8th, or whatever it is. Um, six of them. There's been quite a lot of announcements so far. Uh, team announcements. There's actually, to be fair, there has been a lot of riders announced. More than you would think. Um, and yeah, we'll see if James can name six of them. The time is expiring now quite quickly. Ready? Right. Yep, go. Uh, Tomac, Roxon, Remet, Desprey, Brang, Pellegrini. Boom. No! No! What? No! I'm what? not accepting the names I just fucking gave you! Why? I just said Ramet, Despray, and Brown. You wouldn't have known that. Well, that's your fault. No. You should think about these things, shouldn't you? Obviously, you're not as bright as me, Phillips. <laughs> you never would have you never would have named those riders. Hey, so name read your list you, to me again. You asked me to name them, I've named them. Read your list again. Tomac, Roxon, Remet, Despray, Brown, and Pellegrini. Name three others. Hmm. Um, uh, okay, I'm going to go with... Um, hang on, bear with me. Uh, Tixier? Yes, you saw my tweet. That's not been announced yet, but he will be. Okay, so uh, Tixier, um, Max Anstey, and uh, Musquin. No. <laughs> Is Musquin not doing it? No. <laughs> <sighs> well, I got fucking loads anyway, so what, do you, what more do you want? 
No, that's incorrect. Anyway, either way, even if I give you those points. Um, I, am f I was there. You just changed the game again. I didn't. I just dis I disagree uh, anyway, with... Um, who is... Are you smarter than the birth? Birth has obviously outsmarted you because I named the three you said. Well, I wasn't planning to have a conversation with you about who rode for that team, but you asked me and then... Smart. Was, well, you didn't know what the last question was, did you? So it's not like Smart. you saw that coming. Smart. Um, Ken Roxon, Max Anstey, Eli Tomac, Dean Wilson, Wilson Todd, Justin Brayton, Colt Seeley, Mitchell Oldenburg, Vince Freeze, Carson Brown, Angelo Pellegrini, Geordie Tixier, Thomas Doe, Maxime Despray, Thomas Romet, Anthony Bordon, Chad Reed, Josh Grant, Josh Hill, Luke Clout, Aaron Tanti. Just a couple of names you could have had. Yeah, I was going to name one of those, but that just seemed too easy. So that's why I went with the harder ones. Anyway, uh, you failed. Not I'm not really. going to lie, the whole the Duffy Daffy Daisy Yamaha was my favourite question of all time. That was that was a fucking good one. I like that. Um, and I would it, and I would try and do more of those, but it's not possible. So that is that's it. Armour, that's you smarter it. than a bird. Done. Retired. Done. Done. That's sad. Very sad. I'm I'm absolutely cut up right now. But you've got to know when it's time. You've got to know when it's time. You can't just keep releasing series of a TV show. And you can't get, keep let it get saturated. A dead horse. That's no. that's the key there. So yeah, sad really. But there you go. I'll be smarter than a birth. Done forever. Well, quite smart because uh, outsmarted Lewis. So right, let's go to an advert. Uh, that is part one of the MXY show, episode one zero seven. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Props Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. We'll be back after these messages. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Brock's Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Brock's Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. 
Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 107 of the MX Vice Show podcast. 107, the... Lars Van Berkel episode. I like associating each episode with a rider. And that's the first rider that comes to mind when I think of 107. So sue me. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition for their support of the MX Vice Show. This is part two. And part two is presented to you by Scott Sports. The Softcon air protection range from Scott sets new standards in upper body protection and offers riders a revolutionary solution to staying protected whilst riding. Constructed using exclusive D30 protection plates, Scott, the Scott protectors are low profile, soft and flexible to give you maximum comfort while riding. In the event of a crash, the D30 plates instantly go hard on impact, giving you the protection you need when it counts. The Softcon air range also provides greatly increased airflow to the body. The breathable protection plates combined with strategically placed anti-moisture panels mean this body armour works hard to keep you cool and dry when the action heats up. All Scott upper body protectors are fully CE certified level 1 or level 2. Protect what matters. Scott Sports. Scott-sports.com. Scott Sports. Much more than just goggles. Lots going on at Scott Sports. Right. Um... Well, we did this last week, but I don't really, so I don't really want to spend too much time on it. But MX2 title fight. Well, again, again, let's let's. I know we we spoke a little bit about last week. We've I just mentioned earlier. Last year was the the you know the greatest GP, um, you know, world championship for for a long long time, and and now we're down to the last round between a rider which is you know under pressure, dropped twenty six points. And basically, it's winner takes all this weekend. Eh, not quite. One, two, two, one, Gertz wins. So Vial could win the GP and Gertz could take the championship. But I, was, I kind of meant winner as in 1-1, one, 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 but oh. you see it differently. Okay. If he goes 1-1, um, he he's in control of his own destiny, hey? Either of them. I don't. I don't. Let me, let me hit you with facts. Well, the fact, first of all, this is I a love fact. facts. Tell me facts, and you, are you going to hit me with Gertz facts first? In the uh, in Gertz's hometown, I got a text this morning. In Gertz's hometown, they have put up a big screen, and they've put on social media watch watch Yago Gertz be crowned world champion. Big jinx. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? It's done. Yeah, um, and I don't know what I don't know what happens i don't know how i'd be interested to know how many people are going to turn up to see this big screen etc um wow but based on the washing of the front end i would think that maybe you wouldn't want to pile that pressure on i don't know um can it kind of be an awkward conversation at a local bakery when he goes in to get his croissants if um it's not come off it's just like you know that kid that we called the police on because he just stood 
in the exact same spot outside on the pavement for nine hours without even blinking. Yeah, he's actually yeah. battling for a world championship. I really want um, I really want a croissant, but I just don't think I can go in there and face these people who question. turned up. No, facts. Sorry. Um, so, last year there were two GPs in Turkey. Vial won them both. Uh, Gertz finished eighth overall and sixth overall. Not good. However, mm. to counter that, in 2019, Gertz finished second overall in Turkey and Vial finished fifth. So there is a little bit of counter there on the Gertz side, but obviously hearing those facts, you're immediately going to side with Vial. Um, there were four motos in Turkey uh, last year. Now, Afyon Karahizar is run at altitude. Easy um, to say. Yes, it is run at altitude. So there are there is a lot of searching with teams, uh, what gear to start in, what to do to mapping, blah, blah, blah. Um, last year, and this start, obviously, winner takes all, as James says. So start is going to be a major factor, especially when you're up against the KTM. So last year, four motos, um, Red Bull KTM led at the end of lap one in three of those motos. Uh, once with Rene Hoffer, the late and great Rene Hoffer, and twice with Vial. Once, Monster Energy Yamaha Factory MX2 led at the end of lap one with Maxime Renault. Gertz did not start in the top five at any point in Turkey last year. So, does this mean that Gertz... Obviously, the Yamaha works at altitude, so does this mean Gertz needs to look at his technique for altitude? I wonder. I would hope the Yamaha have done as much research as me on this. Two! Three! I don't know. Three! What was my other facts? So... We saw Kaido Wolf struggle a little bit in St. John. Obviously, he's much stronger on softer stuff than he is hard pack. And for those of you who don't know, Turkey is a hard pack. It's a modern MXGP truck, basically. Hard pack, flat, jumpy. Um, that uh, sums it up best. Um, so Kaido Wolf, I don't know how much of a factor he'll be because, obviously, like I say, he's stronger in the soft stuff and St. John wasn't great. Rowan van der Mostijk, on the other hand, was on the podium, had his first podium in Turkey in 2019. He actually stood next to Gertz on the podium. So that's something um, worth considering, because he could be a factor. And the biggest spoiler, I believe, will be Simon Lagenfelder. Great starter, seven hole shots this year. Vial's had nine, Gertz has had five. He will be in that mix, I think. And he could potentially make it harder for Gertz to get to the front quicker if Gertz has to go through him, which I imagine he will have to in one moto at least. Now, on the flip side, Beniston isn't going to Turkey because he's getting shoulder surgery, I do believe. Haven't got that confirmed, but he's not on the entry list and it's been long rumoured. So putting two and two together? Yeah. Um, Yamaha are sending the EMX 250 guys, Elzinger and Bonacorsi. However, based on their performances in MX2 this year, you would think that they aren't going to be much of a factor at the very front. Still good to have them out there because potentially if the owl tips over or starts 10th, it's just another guy for him to get through. So still good to have the backup, but not quite as impactful as um, Lagenfelder or Mostite or even DeWolf. So that's a jink in uh, the owl's column as well. What else have I got for you? I don't know if I've got anything else. That I mean, was a lot. I mean, I'm there. I mean, Ben is that thing. Um, I've got, I've got to be honest, I'm really surprised that they've just, given what's on the line, the fact that they haven't, um, you know, just like delayed it a week just to give 
um, gets every, like as much ammunition as possible. I'm I'm really surprised at that. What have you got any take on that? No, I just whatever. Like, whatever. really, I thought you'd have a, a bit of an opinion. No. Um, if anything, I'm glad that Benison isn't getting involved because, like I said, he's friends with Yao. Um, he's teammates with Gertz, so I feel awkward for him. So the best thing he can do just remove himself all completely, altogether. Um, yeah. So put simply, the facts do massively stack up in Vial's column. Obviously, we have seen Gertz be amazing at points this year, so maybe he just comes out and unlocks that form again. Who knows? But going in, even though, like I say, Gertz has got the advantage because one, two, two, one, that will mean Gertz wins a championship. And worth noting, Gertz and Vial have gone one, two, two, one three times this year: Argentina, Sweden, and Sardinia. So two sand tracks, only one hard pack track, like Turkey will be. But it has happened three times, so there is a chance it can happen. Um, so that is a good thing for Gertz, and equally. I think the one point for Tomac is going to make a very, very big difference in pro motocross this weekend. Well, one thing I was going to ask you is um, if Gertz does get this, this championship, when was the last time KTM went two years in MX2 without winning um, MX2 world title? When was the last time? Uh, uh, let me think. 2015 guys have won it. But Hurling's won 2016 and Tixia won 2014. Crowley and Porcel. Crowley won 2005. Porcel won 2006. Crowley won 2007. So that was a three-year drought. So that's a that's a long time ago. That's that's a long time to have not won. Yeah, that was the last time. Yeah, the MX2 class, the 250F class, was first introduced in 2004. KTM have lost five of the titles since then, which isn't a lot. Two to Crowley. Uh, one to Porcel, one to Geyser, and one to Renault. Yeah, and if you think about, you know, probably who was second in those years as well, it was probably a KTM. They they have been very dominant in that class. I think it will be huge. It, it, I don't know how, yeah, not how, that how huge. huge. I don't know how huge, but hey, they're about, you know, like all these manufacturers about selling bikes in a 250F um, is a big seller. Uh, but I, uh, you, you're now. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't think. I don't. I, I don't think that Vial winning the championship or not is going to impact KTM sales at all. I, I, I just think that you know, over the years we've just been so spoiled with the types of riders KTM have had and the dominance that they've had. It has helped shape and, like we talked about, it, it, it does actually, um, you know, have a massive. You know, really does like change kids' perspectives, perspectives when they're heroes and what they're riding. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's, and that's where I think I think Sexton and Tomac probably does have an impact. But I, as I've said before, I'm not sure enough people are really invested in either Vial or Gertz. I don't know. I, I think it's like. You know, Obviously, people in Gertz's hometown, yeah. And Belgian people are going to want Gertz, of course. And French people are going to want Vial, of course. But beyond that, I don't think that anyone really has a has a strong opinion. But th- there again, you know, like, you know, when Hurlings was MX2 and Prado was MX2, you know, that's what kids were talking about. Yeah, but you're talking about very different talents. Sure. But Prado and Hurlings were... Gener- like generational talents who we were talking about and watching from the moment they could talk. So, um, 
well, Hurlings is older than me, so I wasn't doing that. But still, like, Vial and Gertz aren't that. Like, they're not... This isn't a clash of the Titans like it would be if this was Prado and Hurlings battling for a title. Like, mm. Assen, when Prado made his debut in MX2 and battled with Hurlings for a couple of laps, that was... That's just like huge. that, that was two errors crossing over yeah um generational thing incredible this is more to put it plainly the best mx2 riders at the moment battling for a championship so i had a conversation with somebody about um again vial hits so so this is the other thing right Who, what what were you talking about and where it doesn't matter but i was having a conversation with somebody about vial and the fact that, again, you talk about these riders, which you're not very appreciative of. But a couple of years ago, the guy's like ninth in MX, um, in EMX 250. He, he's won a world championship. He's, he could be winning another one. And he's potentially off to America. Um, he might, imagine if he goes to America. You tried this last week. You, you made this exact speech last week. Okay. I'm, I'm, and, and that's what I'm quite passionate about is like, do the same way as the Lawrence brothers, if Vial goes over there and absolutely smashes it, do we then start like, oh, because we took it for granted that he was an MXGP. No one's really talking that much about it. We all take everything for granted in summary. To, to wrap up this podcast, we all take everything, everything for granted. Everything. But, but do you know what I mean? In a motocross sense, like we've been blessed with watching this talent come from, you know, one year ninth in MX, you know, in EMX 250 and then winning a world championship in, um, and the fact that he's going to America next year, if he goes Less on, might be a bit strong. But what I'm saying is, if he goes on and he does very, very well, which I think he is going to, is going to, are we going to be then like realizing what a talent we had and not really appreciate it? No, I think everyone realizes that. It's just that moving the needle yeah, now is more out, than just talent. What I'm saying is, outside of that GP paddock, I'm, I'm talking about the fans. I'm talking about the people who watch this sport. Not, yeah, not when I say we, I mean fans. Right, when okay. I say we, I mean me, me as a fan. Sorry, I thought you meant we as in the elite sense, because, like, obviously... I am nothing other than a shit talker. Okay. Um, no, I, I think everyone... Obviously, everyone knows that Vial and Gertz are great riders. Um, I just think that, personally, not many fans are actually invested in them as people. Not as riders, as people. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't know what the answer is on that one. It's just it just bothers me, you know. It, it I just don't get I, I don't understand it. And, it, and it all comes the same around the same thing. It's like the VMXDN the weekend in twenty five thousand people plus just sort, sort of turning up to watch, um, you know, three American riders in uh, uh, quite a few ex British motocross riders. It's it blows my mind. And then you have got somebody like the you know, the talent of VR is, it's like the Lawrence brothers had a big following in Europe, but it has absolutely nothing, absolutely not even close to what they've got in the US right now. Uh, no, of course not. Cause they were younger, but I think the, the signs were there. That this, I'm, I'm, that I'm, I'm were... not saying, just, I'm not saying that he wouldn't. I'm just saying that we had that talent and uh, they had those personalities. You know, what's happening in America is they've shined a bloody big light on them. True that. Um, no, but yeah, it is, it is weird because I feel like a world championship is coming down to the wire and it should be all anyone is talking oh, about. I know. I know. And this is, this is what it was last me year. Insane. It was last year. But this is the thing. Last year, even like last year, last year yeah, but, we could have sat and 
dissected what was going to happen at the last round for five hours and I could have gone I could have given you five hours more than that because there was just so much investment into these athletes whereas I don't think we're at that stage yet and maybe that is because it's just the MX2 class and we're, we shouldn't expect it to be more than that is this how fickle we are as a nation or is this as fickle as we are as a generation where you know you have like last year, we, we we had this amazing championship, amazing racing, best, literally the best championship ever in the world. Like well, that's what everybody was talking about. And then three months later, it was the shittest championship in the world. It's like, yeah, we know everyone's that fickle, but that is, of course, it's gonna. Like, it, it, I don't get, I don't understand. Like I don't understand why why we've got to be like that. Because well, no, we, you know, we, I was, I was going around at Mantova last year, telling everyone appreciate what we've got now because it will never be this good again. So maybe yeah. I'm the problem. But that's, I also think there's like what we had last year wasn't just oh what a good championship. What we had last year was oh wow what a life changing historic championship. Yeah, like that. Well, that is never going to happen again. And likely, it's, it's like we have to look swept it, under a rug. It's like it's never happened. Well, no, because obviously we are we are a year on now, and we haven't had a very good MXGP title chase. No, but what we have got is a very good MX2 championship. That's gone down to the wire. Yes, but MX MX2 is an MXGP. They're different things, and MXGP should and always will be held in a higher regard. Unless, unless a generational talent is coming into MX2, and then everyone puts a lot more weight into MX2 because of who's there. Mm -hmm. And looking at what's coming up, we've got a, a little bit of a wait for that next generational talent, hey? Oh, yeah. Well, the Conan brothers are kind of it, but not really. Um, they're going to go on to be great. But... Did you check out the the Junior World Championship results and stuff? I didn't. No? No. I saw okay. that um, a Team USA won. Yeah, I mean, again, looking at that, because, you know, you look at the Junior World Championship sort of 10, five, well, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it gives you an inclination of the types of riders that are going to be riding in the World Championship. I don't understand that champion. I don't understand the Junior World Championship. Uh, well... It's a it, team event, but then it's not. But then it's a championship, but it's one race. But like, but then again, the Junior World Championship, there's quite a few of, and I'm just going from some of the UK talent, which has come through, that were not there. So I, I don't quite understand how is, and is that, yeah, and, and stuff like, like that. But what I will say is the crux of it. I'll tell you what was really interesting is the amount, the amount of Eastern European riders in the top five. Yeah, but it was held in Finland. Yeah, but the, the Estonians... Um, Czech Republic um, and Latvia, super strong riders coming through. I mean, that that next generation of riders from Eastern Europe. Uh, I, I really want to. There's like three different Leox, three three different Leox generations of Leox coming through. Wow. Um, let's move on. Okay. That was very rambly by you. Very passionate ramble. I know. I'm. I'm, I'm I can't help it. I am proper passionate about this thing, which is why I give a shit. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve year after year, and 2023 will be no different. It is currently Tuesday, the 30th of August, as I record this, but on Thursday, the 1st of September, Liat's 2023 line will drop. Liat.com. Keep an eye on that site. Keep an eye on at official Liat on social media and the MX Vice channels because that is where you will see everything that Liat has going on for 2023. September, Thursday the 1st. Thursday for September the 1st, to say it correctly. 
liad.com. Your questions answered. Sent in a lot of questions this week. So let's get into them, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Right. Uh, what have we got here? What have we got here? At Debo360X, what are the official statements from Fevra and Vial for skipping Redbud? Is Geyser coming? Be pretty embarrassing for the FIM and in front to have both possible world champions skip the event. Fevra was never really in. Like, I don't think Fevra was really ever considered by the FFM. Like, I don't think he was ever really, like, really in the process. I know Kawasaki want a shit ton of money to send the riders, so maybe that had something to do with it, but Fevra was never, there was never, like, oh, is Fevra in or not? From, like, day one, it was very clear, like, Fevra's out. I don't think it was necessarily his decision. <laughs> um, and Vial, I think he wants to get out. There's nothing, it's a bit unclear but i believe he wants to get a head start on living in america uh supercross setting himself up blah 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 which you can understand absolutely um, great yeah great move um you, you would have thought it's, it's a weird with the whole the, the feb thing because over the years he's he's done a really good job for france yeah but money you got Ferrandis. You can bet that if the event was at Erne, they would have asked him over Ferrandis. Yeah, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, budgets play into it. But there again, the French Federation, you know, is got to be, if not the best federation in Europe, easily. I mean, their budgets, their organization, their setup, it's it, it's properly insane. If, if ever, I mean, we spoke about it before, you know, they are... You know, I, I don't know what I'm guessing. The AMA, the US is, is absolutely solid, but I think the French Federation would give anybody a run for their money. Okay. Oh, massive fan, absolutely massive fan of those oh, guys. Okay, at Chris United ninety three, considering the pace of both major championships this year, what kind of pace will be at the MXON? All classes are stacked, class standings will be close, and the overall looks like it could be tantalizingly close for podium spots. I still think USA and Australia are going to be clear of everyone in the top two, whatever order that ends up being. And then third will be probably France or the Netherlands, yeah. unless I'm forgetting someone. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I feel think like I'm forgetting someone. It's not like previous years. I think um, I think the USA and Australia are, 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 are out there. They're the, they're the guys. The the hope the one thing which I hope is the weather holds out this year because obviously we went there in eighteen, um that was a little bit was it eighteen or nineteen eighteen remember eighteen yeah it, it was it was a wet one and we went there on Friday and it was like a goddamn golf course it was freaking awesome beautiful sun and then uh, we quickly seen how how and we didn't see the best of it did we um of course not no so let's just hope the weather holds out because I think I'd really like to see a really good kind of. You know, I, I love watching Team USA, and I love that, like, you know, I love hearing that USA, USA. Christ, I can remember voice, walking back. Oh, okay. I can, I can remember walking back, 2007, Buds Creek, walking back to the car park. It was quite intimidating, of like just oh. people screaming in your face as you're carrying your Union Jack. Well, I'm sorry that you felt that way. Yeah, it is quite intimidating, but it's all part of the experience. But it was also, you know, it's freaking awesome. The whole reason why you go there is because of the experience. And anybody who's thinking about doing it, just forget it. Don't pay the mortgage. Just go to the Cross Nations. Uh, the voice of the drunken people. How are Vial's Supercross skills and how will he stack up with Hunter Lawrence and Joe Shimoda in outdoors next year? Um, Vial doesn't have much or any Supercross experience, but he is a very tidy rider. Um... That's the best way to describe him. He's just a very what, tidy, tidy rider. as in technical. Uh, just there's not 
everything's done. Yes, technical, precise. There aren't mistakes. But it's very like every single photo of Yao from any GP. He looks exactly the same because he's very tidy. So I, that that would bode well in Supercross. Interesting matchup will be: Does he beat Voland in his first year? Obviously, they're going to be on different coasts, so his beating is wrong. Is he going to be better or show more potential than Voland in his first year? I don't know. That'll be a very interesting off-season discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he we... should be capable. He will be capable. I would imagine him to be fifth, sixth, seventh. That's uh, so your your expectations with Yao would be fifth. I literally sixth, just said you've literally Supercross, just yeah? echoed what I said. Yeah. In in Supercross. Yes. Uh, outdoors. That will be interesting. That'll be very interesting because obviously Hunter Lawrence and Joe Shimoda are now big names. And I would argue bigger names than Tom Vial. I wouldn't expect him to win outdoors, especially not in his first year. But could he? I wouldn't rule it out. Well, well what about this? If he goes out and wins the MX2 in the Nations... Does that change your perception? But yeah, I was not racing the nations. We just had a question oh, on this. Oh, fuck's sake, yeah. Um, but say he did. Say he did. Uh, yeah. That's a ridiculous question. It's not really. Well, it is really. It's not <laughs> happening, so... <laughs> but if it did happen, and he did win the nations, would that change your perspective greatly? Yeah, sure. At Spencer Lane 111, how can British Motocross and the British GP get as many people to their events as the VMXDN at Fox Hill? Uh, we've done that. We've done that in at, yeah. um two different two two different things. It's a generational shift. Um blah 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 blah. We've done a whole 45 minutes on that. At JV underscore six two nine, how many births does it take to change a Lewis? That's a that's a, that's a very um Maybe that should be a new game. That's a head spinner of a yeah. question, that is. Yeah. Well, we, need, we do need a new game now, so that let's, is something we need to work consider. On that. We'll work on that. We'll have a few, uh, a few drinks in Turkey this weekend and we'll come up with a new game. At Braden underscore 212, did KTM sign Adamo too early and miss Conan? No, no. because Conan, Conan, they haven't missed Conan because Conan is, Conan is in the program. Um, and also Conan will be going to America as soon as at the end of next year. So Red Bull KTM need to invest and develop their next world champion. Um, they they have to have a very strong program on all fronts, eh? They, they need people representing in, 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 in winning championships in both, you know, in, in the US. And so again, you know, we, we talked about Vial going over there, the Conan brothers. What's your thoughts? I mean, well, can you see them winning the MX2 um, AMA Championship. That's too early. They're only they've only just done EMX and they didn't win that. It's way too early for that. See they're how they get not, on this. You're not even playing my game. No, but it's a very like. <laughs> um, uh, what I'm saying is, you have a good eye for this stuff. That's it's why way I'm too early. You. Yeah. You're just non-committal. No, because at the moment they're in EMX 250. Let's see how they fare in MX2 on in like a full program over a full season, um, and then we'll see what they've got and whether there's poten- whether the potential there is shining through or whether it's a little bit of a, a dud. If I was Red Bull KGM, I would have signed Harrop over Adamo. Just a little titbit of what I would have done. Mm. Um, yes. I mean, they signed Adamo early. so That's a strong move. How is Harrop now? I don't know. I think he's got two years left. So he's 21. Uh, I think he's got two years left. Maybe that's wrong, but I think he has. I, only, I thought he's a bit older than that, but maybe I'm wrong. Right, Brad Myers, 22. Who's your money on this weekend? Vial 
or Gertz? Vial. Yeah, I'm going Vial. I, I can't. I genuinely can't see. Yeah, I mean, there's ma- another part to this question, so we don't. We just that was meant to be rapid fire. Tomac <laughs> or Sexton? Sexton. I'm all in on Sexton, and I I feel now that I can confidently say that I have seen enough to say that Sexton is the best rider in that series. Yeah. By, by the slimmest of margins. But yeah. I do think the one point difference is going to make all the difference. Yeah. Because I could very, I can really see those two going one, two, two, one, like really see it. Yeah. Um, and also, like, whereas I said last week that for Gertz, it's a bit of a disadvantage having that mathematical edge because he could overthink it and stuff. I think for Tomac, he's wise <laughs> yeah. enough, smart enough, yeah. where Moto One, he could potentially lay back in second and be like, right, it's hot. It's going to be ridiculously hot, 105, uh, if not hotter. Um, I feel like Tomac would be smart enough to go, right. If I sit back in second in this Moto One, then I save energy. Moto Two is a must-win, but I'll have more energy. Blah blah blah. I mean, uh, if some butts, you can't really play that game, I guess, because first turn crash, um, whatever. But I do think that one point advantage is going to be um, a pivotal one. Put it that way. At Hannah Renola, is it possible for James to prep Lewis for some WMX interviews from Turkey? I've just found myself a new job. I will do the WMX interviews. But who's going to cover EMX Open? If I'm doing MXGP and MX2 and you're doing WMX, who's going to cover EMX Open? I tell you what, for the team, I will do both. Okay, don't expect any of it to be published. (laughs) (laughs) That's so harsh. I'm I'm getting, I'm going to publish those, those WMX articles. We can okay. do this, Lewis. No one, no one we, will be able to read them, then. We can do this. You, I did a WMX article last year. Do, ah, do you want to know something cool? What? Courtney Duncan was actually 20 minutes away from MX Vice HQ. She was uh, riding at Cheddar yesterday. That's, that's, that's great. Thanks for that. Hmm. Just saying. That's cool. Maybe you oversold that news a little bit. That's cool. Um, I, did no, I did a WMX article last year. So, what more do you want from me? <laughs> the reaction from... I did it as a test. I used to do a WMX report from every GP, and the numbers just told me that it wasn't... People didn't want it, unfortunately. I was in. I was in. I was yep, writing you, every you, week. You could actually say, though, that people wouldn't actually bother coming to MX Vice because there is the WMX content on there. So when you do produce WMX content, we don't carry the people. Okay. Who, who, who WMX, all in on WMX this weekend. All in on WMX this weekend. Oh, I believe that when I see it. Um, That's like Cody getting you Siler. to a British championship. At Cody, what's well, like getting you to a British championship? Yeah, I nearly died, Lewis, with COVID. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. I had COVID this year as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was Cody not, Siler. Not, there, there's levels to COVID, Lewis. Levels. Okay, what a Karen way of looking at it. COVID, sorry, that is such a Karen thing to say. Cody Siler. Where would a 2021 pre-injury Antonio Crowley be in this year's MXGP Championship? Tricky. Oof. I wonder... Because Geyser is better than last year. I think. Yeah, but that's because he's had no pressure. We've talked about this. No, but he was better at the start of... At the start of this year, he was better than he was at any point last year when there was pressure and when he didn't... No, no, no. We, we talk about this. Crowley would be third. No, no, he would be third. No, I, 
I wonder whether there's some regrets of him not actually giving it another go this year. If he if he knew what he knew now. Yeah, but you can play that game like you can play that game forever. I'll ask him. Okay. I'm sure he'll give you a great reply if I he will. replies. He will. Um he'll reply through Jill. <laughs> <laughs> um R Davis two eight four. What can be done to improve the tracks in MXGP? AMA is ten times better racing because of this. But are these tracks that people are watching on TV? Well, it's another thing which like. No, this is true. This is a very. This is a real problem in the MXGP paddock. Like the the new um the the new rising disdain is the one line tracks. Okay. So everyone's starting to be like, I don't understand why we've, I don't understand why we go to different countries, different tracks, and yet we can never have more than one line. So who's building the tracks? I don't know. It's the same guy every week, I think. It's just shocking, really. If only we had a journalist who could find Um, this information out. I can tell you that the riders would like to see the whole, I mean, it's an age old thing, the whole hay bales put in the inside of corners in practice. Oh, it's a great idea. Um, Bogus felt like they should have built up berms more to make the outsides more attractive in St. John. Um, but we're going to have the same problem in Turkey. Well, actually, I'll tell you what, Turkey last year was a good race. Turkey last year was a very, 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 very good GP. I'm like, actually, do you know what? You've built Turkey up so much in my mind in the last three years. I'm expecting like the world. It's just a holiday GP. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a resort GP. Turkey and just think... There's going to be no other GP better than Turkey because that's how well you've sold it to me. Yeah, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. No, not a miracle. It's horrific that um, I'm not on the Turkish government's payroll. (laughs) You could be. Also, flying to Turkey tomorrow, I looked earlier. It's a four hour and a half flight. Yeah, and the... It's two hours in front as well, isn't it? So you literally yeah. half a day. It's a four hour and a half drive and then a no a four hour and a half flight and then a three hour and a half drive. Why are you going so early? Um like why? Cannot remember cannot why remember. Are you even going on a Wednesday. I'm going Friday. Well, whether you go is another thing, but why why um why are you going like on a Wednesday, is there actually anything to do on a Wednesday? Are you going shopping no, or something? No, because we've got um. We're, well, we're flying very late on Wednesday. We land at one a.m. What are you um, doing Thursday? We either had two options. We uh, land at one a.m. on Thursday or one a.m. on Friday. And on Friday we're very busy, and we've we so we thought it'd be better not to do not to land at one a.m. on Friday, do a three hour and a half drive, and then work flat out Friday. So I'm just wondering what you're going to be doing Thursday. Like you go driving through. a three hour and a half drive. Try not to get killed. God. You and your logistics. I don't know. I'm going Friday. Um, yeah, and turning up with nothing to do. So it's a very different experience for you, James. Don't you worry. I have I have got a list of things I need to do. I've been talking to a lot of riders this week. They're very happy about me returning. Very happy. Okay. Okay. There was someone in Finland who couldn't remember your name. So. Well, um, the great thing is, is um, you'll be able to um, watch my podcast um, with Glenn Koldenhoff, which is happening on Saturday. So that'd be good fun. Uh, that's, you're, you're out of the loop on MX Vice jokes. Saturdays with Koldenhoff is now a thing. Uh, not anymore, because um, he thinks that it's um, a, a podcast with James Burfield. He's actually agreed it. I'm sure he has. 
Right, that's it. Liat Ask Us Anything is wrapped up. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve, and you will see the next step of that evolution on Thursday, September the 1st, at official Liat on social media, liat.com. That is the places to be for said news. Keep an eye out. Thursday, September the 1st. Right, um, let's go to another ad. Doesn't feel like it's been that long since the last ad, but yeah, I kind of feel like it has been a long time. Uh, I think it's 45 minutes, something like that. I don't know. That's 40, fine. 40 minutes, something like that. That's part two of the MXY show. Our part two is brought to you by Scott Sports. The Softcon air protection range from Scott sets new standards in upper body protection and offers riders a revolutionary solution to staying protected whilst riding. Constructed using exclusive D30 protection plates, the Scott protectors are low profile, soft and flexible to give you maximum comfort while riding. In the event of a crash, the D30 plates instantly go hard on impact, giving you the protection that you need when it counts. The Softcon Air range also provides greatly increased airflow to the body. The breathable protection plates combined with strategically placed anti-moisture panels mean this body armor works hard to keep you cool and dry when the action heats up. All Scott upper body protectors are fully CE certified level 1 or level 2. Protect what matters, Scott Sports. So much more than just goggles, Scott Sports. Right, thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. We'll be back with more after these messages. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 107 of the MX Vice Show, the final part. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. This is part three the final part and of course it is presented by the fine folks at prox racing parts who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed oem quality all parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world hence why everything the prox racing parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require many of the prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the oems head to pro-x.com now to learn more as I said last week, Hutton Metal Yamaha, Yamaha's official EMX250 team, use Prox to get the most out of their machines and help continuously now deliver championships to Yamaha and turn their riders, prepare their riders for the next step, which is a factory bike. How do you do that? You use Prox parts. What's the best thing about that? You can get Prox parts for your bike exactly like the MXGP teams, the American teams are using. It really is bridging the gap between professional and amateur. And the amount of the sheer volume of parts that Prox do, head to pro-x.com and just look at the sheer number of products that are available for your bike. 
and you'll probably learn something that your bike needs that you didn't realize. And B, you'll find a cost-effective solution for, to give us you the best quality in the industry. Ideal. Right, James. Lewis. So I wrote a column for um, On Track Off Road last month or so. Very interesting to me. It's one, my, my most exciting thing at the moment. It's really my, my, my thing that I think about when I'm bored. Silly season's great. We enjoy silly season. Yep. But what's coming is silly season like you've never seen before. So the end of 2023, Hurlings, Prado, Fevra, Sewer, Renault, Koldenoff, Guadagnini, and someone else I'm forgetting on a factory bike. Did you say all out of, Yep. All out of contract. Insanity. H, I believe Fernandez and Geyser are going to be on multi-year deals at HRC. So HRC will be out of the running. But to have Hurling Sewer, Prado, Koldenoff, Renault, all of those riders up at the same time, it's going to be, there are going to be some serious budgets thrown around. And then add in the fact that Ducati, Triumph, and Fantic will enter the, the game, if you want to call it that. And you know Triumph and Ducati are going to be in to make an impression with big budgets. So they're going to challenge. Maybe they'll throw a shit ton of money at Hurlings to match the KTM offer, which will force the current manufacturers to pay more than they were willing to just to keep a hold of their slice of the pie. It's genuinely... And, I've, and this has already started. The current city season is old news. Plans for 2024 are already underway because next year's city season is going to be basically life-changing for manufacturers. And for a few riders. It's essentially the reset button. Apparently, essentially, the paddock is hitting a massive reset button and everything's available. But, but do you want to know what makes this even better? Please go on. In America at the end of next year, Webb... Sexton, Tomac will retire, but he'll be up. Roxon, um, Frandis is under contract. Uh, Anderson, uh, I'm missing. I'm missing names off the top of my head. My bad. It's a longer. It's another long list. Um, Plessinger, it's another long list. Um, so, so basically, both sides one. of the ocean, uh, we, we, we've got a lot of budgets are going to be thrown about. A lot of riders are going to be seeking. As far um, as I can make changes. out. Red Bull KTM Factory Racing worldwide at the end of 2023, they only have Adamo and Viao under contract. But that's not something you associate with KTM, especially when you think of the riders they've had previously with Corona well, and Web, being tied down. Imagine the budgets that will become available on the table with Webb, Plessinger, and Hurlings all up. Well, we've been talking on this podcast show literally about you know, MXGP and where it is in, 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 in British and where it is. And, you know, obviously America's riding that wave of, of, of good times. But maybe these manufacturers coming into the sport is the shot in the arm that um, we, we're looking for because obviously that's going to put more money into, in, into the championship, more options, more riders getting given a, a good opportunity of earning a good living and obviously focusing 100% on uh, their career we might see this next generational shift. And, you know, I mean, think of the young kids coming through. Do they even know what Ducati is? Yeah, well, Do they even know what Triumph is? It's like they're road bikes. In a, in a motocross term, they're, they're, they have no idea. Like, you know, they've been brought up with um, the powerhouse that is KTM. I, um, 
the most interesting thing to me about both sides of the Atlantic being pretty free is that that means if KGM need a little more budget to go after Sexton in America, maybe they could pull it from Europe and vice versa. Like they're in a what like in a way it's a blank canvas, and that means the manufacturers can pivot however they feel see fit to give them the best shot of success. Whereas before like this year, for instance, if you had a spot free. There, there were only really three, four top quality riders you could choose from. Next year, they're basically all available. Jonas will be under contract next year. Geyser will be. Fernandez will be. Jonas will be. Um, yeah, that's like that's it, really. Gertz will be, but that's it, really. Like it's I mental. Twenty twenty three is is at the end of twenty three. And I guess all these contract negotiations negotiations are going to start in July. So basically... It, no, it started. Already started. Well, maybe not the no negotiations, but teams have teams know who they're going to be going after. Like they, so I know a lot of teams have already got... Uh, have already like made a plan of who they'll be chasing, up, who's their number one pick, blah, blah, blah. And G- there's some interesting stuff out there. Do you think that's kind of affected budgets for next year? Because if people are like saying, right, okay, we can have a bit of a, not a lackluster year, but we'll just sort of get through knowing that we're going to put more budget into getting this rider for 24. No, I don't think there'll be more budget, but it's just obviously your, if this year 70% of the budget was taken off, taken up, there's less room to pivot. If next year 20% of the budget is taken up, there's more room to be flexible and make shit happen. Here's a question for you. Like, if if you're a rider, and um, you know we've seen it previously with riders when uh, manufacturers have, have come in, which are if you're a rider and Triumph approach you, I mean, what sort of riders do you think Triumph would be looking at, or what sort of teams do you think Triumph would be looking at, and what sort of riders would be attracted to something like that? Well, we're pretty sure that they're going to come back with the old KRT team. We're pretty much certain of that. So it'll be a so that's a good thing because that'll be two extra rides in the paddock. Whereas I presume that Ducati will probably just take over a satellite team. I, but I don't know that, but that's just in my head what I presume they'll do. Um, so that's good. You've got, in my head, Triumph and Ducati aren't going to come in and sign a 15th place rider. Because that's, what is, the, what is the point in doing all of this? In my mind, they're gonna, and you know that Triumph are taking this seriously because they were meant to be doing MXGP next year and they've delayed it by a year. That to me tells me that they want to come in and make an impression rather than come in, limp around, have some problems, blah, blah, and get through it. Like, yeah. they want to come in when it's right so that they can come in, shock everyone. And be competitive. And take their, and take their slice of the pie. Yeah. Because that, at the end of the day, that's what they're trying to do, is sell bikes. Yeah. And let's face it, every, like, you know, what the KTM group done was actually a little bit of a genius because they bought Husfarna, they kind of rebranded it, remolded it, basically rolled out a, a white uh, KTM for a year until they started the development work. They've done the same thing with Gas Gas, but what they've managed to do is sell a shit ton of bikes. Um, and, and you've got to think that people like Triumph and other people are kind of coming into this and looking at it and just thinking, like, actually, this is how... I, I think the Triumph... Um, Triumph, to me, is such an interesting scenario because people my age and above, um, you know, we grew up with triumph we understand what triumph is especially from a british sense as well it's a british you know british company uh they build fantastic road bikes you know heavily into to racing as well um you know triumph is 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 
is the Harley Davidson of, of, of Europe. Now it's even, it's massive. It's worldwide. Um, the fact that they're now going to come in and tap into this younger generation, because that's what you've got with, with MX. You, you, you're, you're, you're talking to a six year old kid. I, I, I would, I would believe that there's more a younger generation involved in motocross than there is in road racing and in BSB and stuff like that. You know, I, they're, they're basically, they've seen what KTM have done and KTM has been so good at growing their brand and hitting that young generation and for them to grow up as, uh, you know, uh, what, what they said, orange riders, you know, going through, you know, fifties, autos, 65s, 85s, one, two fives and growing. And you keeping that brand, having KTM toasters, KTM bed sets, you know, Triumph have got to be looking at that and just thinking that's how we get people into Triumph from a younger generation. I think is genius. And the fact that they've um, gone out and bought um, uh, Osset, the electric bike manufacturer, again, it's, you know, they, they've looked at the KTM model and they, they've looked at this and said, how can we do this? How do, like KTM has took X amount of years. How do we cut that down? I've, it's, the whole thing fascinates me from a business point of view well it's just in every in every angle next year's city season is going to shape the paddock for the next five years because obviously the top talents are going to sign multi-year deals so effectively this is like a solar eclipse in a way it only happens once every 10 years or whatever but um the other thing as well is this isn't triumph going to a team and just giving them a couple of bikes they're, they're coming to this big time um the salaries what's going to be on offer, the types of riders that they're going to be able to to, to bring in, you know, and Ducati is not exactly a small company. I don't really know what Ducati would do. Like, I don't know if they'll sell bikes. Maybe they will. I don't really. I I just I kind of I kind of lose excitement over Ducati because at the end of the day, it's Italian. So I just look at it as they'll do what Beta did, yeah. which is kind of just take over an Italian team. Like Beta came in with STM Course. And they are now going to go to Marchetti. So the Italian click that I always go on about is a very real thing. Like Italians work with Italians. So um, I just kind of see Ducati coming in, taking over an Italian team, having an Italian rider, and then that's that. Like I don't really see that. But whereas Triumph, I feel like who knows what they're going to do. Uh, well, I, I I just think the. the... There, there is no boundaries with Triumph. That's what I think is exciting. You know, they're a big enough manufacturer to just say, okay, if we're not, if it's not quite right, we're going to do 2024. But when we do hit 2024, Jesus Christ, you better be ready. I um, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to, it's going to be an interesting silly season. I would be shocked if everyone just stays where they are. I genuinely think, you know, if if ever there was something which was is going to get people motivated and get people excited and talking about, you know. Going forward, this next generation, you know, new manufacturers coming in. 2024 is a very, very exciting year for not just for MXGP, but for motocross worldwide. It's actually a shame for MXGP because originally Triumph were going to do MXGP 2020 for, uh, 2023 and then uh, America 2024, which would have put a lot of eyeballs back on MXGP because everyone would have been interested to see how the Triumph does. But now they're going to do America and MXGP in 2024, which kind of means it'll be shared attention. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is a shame because that would have been like that's kind of what MXGP is built for with um, factory bikes. Like you see an Aprilia, the exotic things. But yeah. then again, no one really cared when Beta came in. No, no. But but there again, you know, over the last Beta couple... were already in. Yeah, in a and way. over the last couple of years, if you talk to any avid Enduro rider, and I mean, I'm I'm talking club rider right away up to. 
um, you know, uh, British Championship and also into um, the World Championship Enduro, and you ask them how good that beta bike is, um, they there's so many people switching from other brands to the beta just because of how good that bike is. You know, at some point, that bike is going to be ultra competitive in motocross. Well, I can tell you that multiple MXGP riders are trying to not ride a beta next year. I'm pretty sure they are, but what I'm saying is at some point, they're going to get that bike right because that's exactly what they're doing in Enduro, and they are doing very, very well in Enduro and selling a shit ton of bikes. And it's it's amazing the amount of riders that you talk to about how good that bike is in Enduro. Yeah, no, the um, handling is its greatest strength, which is obviously a massive part of Enduro. It's for power that lets it down in motocross. Of course, because of, it's a different type of power that you need for it for Enduro. Um, yes, thanks for that. No worries. I didn't know if you've ever been on an Enduro bike before. I enjoy Enduros. Have you been on an Enduro bike before? Uh, I haven't been on an Enduro bike but I've uh, done Enduros. I, I believe you've done an Enduro. I've done multiple. What? I like Enduros. Why is if this I, um, only just come out? If I if I started riding again now, I'd go and do an Enduro and I wouldn't do a motocross race. Oh my god. I like god. Enduros. It's the most fun I've had. Oh my god. When was the last time you've done an Enduro? Well, I've ridden in six years, so is it like six years? I don't I can't remember you doing an Enduro in the last ten. I was on a one two five, so I would have been it would have been fairly recent, not like I was on a 65 or something. Well, I've known you for 10 years, and I've never heard you do an Enduro. Where was I? Where did I? No, no, no. It would have been within 10 years. Well, you, that's the biggest kept secret that you've ever ever had. I don't tell you everything that happens in my life, James. Well, obviously not. Now I'm, I'm you know, if you told me that you slept with 113 women, uh, that would not be more surprising than you doing an Enduro. Yeah, I crashed into a pond. Now that I can understand, um, that I can believe, but the fact that you've actually done an Enduro is just blowing my mind. I enjoyed it. Enduros are fun. It's like yeah, I say, Enduros I, are great. I love it. If I was going riding this weekend, I would do an Enduro rather than go practicing or something. Hour and a half on the bike, just looking around, enjoying yourself. Fantastic. One more because you want. Do you want that to be your planet motor? Your planet motor, Bombshell. <laughs> I tell you what, if there was ever, uh, that is the just the biggest planet motor bombshells we've ever had the fact that in the last 10 years you've done an enduro race and not told anybody about it yeah, i did quite well can you actually remember i, I think no. I, I need i need to try and find more out about this this is gonna i'm gonna investigate oh, I, I enjoy enduros let's go on to google and see if i can find lewis phillips enduro you won't be able to. Um, right, yeah, that that is James's terrible <laughs> Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Hey, Escaping everyday life and riding in space. Oh, okay, brilliant. It's got to be that plus 2024. Well, well we're doing your personal uh, bombshell. Oh, okay, thanks. I appreciate that. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better. And thanks to the guys at Planet Motor Holidays, you can make the most of that experience as soon as this winter. There are limited spots available, but eh, keep an eye out. You never know what will come up. Get in touch with them at Planet Motor Holidays on social media. Visit planetmotor.co. Talk to them about their customizable options with um, the Planet Motor Academy, Planet Motor Holidays. You can tailor your experience to fit what you need, whether you're going for a holiday or going for a bit more of a boot camp type thing ahead of your national championship season and the best thing the best thing is that they will take your bike 
to Spain. So you don't even have to ride rental bikes. Your bike from England will be picked up, transported to Spain, and there you go. Happy as Larry. Great experience. Great people. I don't think I've ever heard a bad review. Planet Motor Holidays on social media and planetmotor.co online. Now, we have got to warn you about Planet Moto. I spoke to um, the Pocock family the weekend. Um, Now, if you are going to go to Planet Moto, beware, because you end up going for a week and staying for six. It's that good. So um, Brad went out, Bradley went out for what's supposed to be a week and ended up staying out there for six weeks. I've heard this multiple times by people who literally just want to go out there and ride and they have so much fun. They're just like, do you know what? I'm not going to. So that's how good Max and Jazz run Planet Moto. You get out there, you are not going to want to come home. That's nice. Um, Anything else to say? No. um, Are you excited about us being back together at the MXGP of Turkey? Because it's been a while. It's been like Mantova. I highly doubt that you will turn up. uh, And if you do, there's nothing to say that I have to see you. So... And I'm excited too. I am really excited. <laughs> I'm excited to go to McDonald's with you. I'm excited. No, to go none to of the that. Mall. There's none of that at this GP. Oh, I thought there was steak. a mall. No steak sandwiches. <sighs> steak sa- What steak and chips? <sighs> okay. Steak sandwich, chips, two pound fifty. It's an oh. absolutely amazing GP. And what's the steak like for two pound fifty? Amazing. Is I it dream about that steak? Is it goat steak? Or did well, just, I, I always have a steak sandwich, so it's obviously a little bit different. You don't have a fucking okay. fillet in a sandwich, but amazing, amazing GP. I wish, I just wish there was a double header. So basically, uh, I got to look forward to a nice hotel, steak sandwiches. Oh, nice hotel. Being close to the hotel, hotel is a two minute drive from the track. Okay. Walking distance if you really want to. Um, well, I've got my Nike Air Max flip flops. Did you see them? I did. How cool are they? They're very old man. You've got no style. I don't know um, what is wrong with you. Amazing GP. Nice experience, as I've said to many people. If, you, if you're going to step out your comfort zone and go to a GP, go to something like that. I am, Liz. I am. I, I doubt you'll be there. I am, I am so excited. I'm going to hug you when I see you. Have, you got, a flight, have you got a flight booked? Booking it today. I'm going with... Uh, uh, that old chestnut. That old chestnut. Brilliant. That old no, chestnut. The reason being is I'm going with Michael Austin from Big Van World. So we're booking our flights today. Um, we're going to go for a little romantic trip. So it'd be nice. Well, you've worked hard this year. You've done 17 GPs. It's been a long season. A hot... Oh, wait, no. Exactly. And that's why I'm going to treat myself. <laughs> it's really, it's really good that you have, you. It's really good that you've assessed MX Bicycle. You know what? It's been a long GP it's season. Long I think year. I need to make the most of the last GP. <laughs> um, I have got a hotel book, so I'm just doing my flights today. But um, like you, hotel I didn't fancy. Is, hotel is cancelable. Uh, I, like you, I didn't really want to travel at like one o'clock in the morning because there seems to be a load of Chewy flights which are uh, like one o'clock in the morning. So um, yeah, every every single flight to Turkey for some reason lands late at night, and I don't really know why. Two. And then some of them to go back Monday is like you take off at like 3.50 in the morning. It's like... Uh, I take off 3.30 p.m. on Monday. I was going to say, yeah. So that's the... So I'm, I might I might stay till Tuesday. I don't know yet, but that's what's being decided today. So after this podcast, it will be booked. That's nice. Right. That's the final part of the MXY show. And of course, brought to you by the fine, fine, fine folks 
at Prox Racing Parts who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world, hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to Pro, P-R-O, hyphen, x.com now to learn more thank you to fly racing liat scott sports rentful manscaped planet motor holidays prox racing parts mxgp tv even strokes asterix knee braces and armor nutrition one more thing before we go um just to reiterate vial or gertz 100% vial Okay, James Burfield believes that Vial, Tom Vial, will enter the winning world of Rentful this weekend. The winning brand in manufacturing and design for the last half century, Rentful continues to lead the world at the very top level of the sport, amassing more championship titles than all competing brands combined. Rentful's records are unsurpassable, with 470 major championship titles combined. Thanks to the hard work and dedication to detail, the Rentful Factory has been helping world-class riders achieve their championship goals since the beginning in 1969. And let's not forget, Rentful have swept the top five in the MX2 championship standings with Vial, Gertz, Lagenfelder, Harrop, no, sorry, Horgmo, and Beniston. That is dominant and that is the winning world of rentful i'm lewis phillips your host thank you for listening to episode 107 that's james burfield from both of us we will see you next week you are listening to the mx vice show even strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, Visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.